All right. Hey, hey, hey. What's up, guys? Uh, first off, apologize for the sound quality. Uh, my computer decided it wanted to break my microphone, and for some reason I can't get my normal microphone uh, to connect to my computer, so I'm using some headphones and not my nice microphone that I have. So, Anyways, um, yeah, since I've been kind of dealing with the uh, microphone stuff, I wasn't able to put one out, and I finally just figured, hey, I really want to get something out here before we have our game on Sunday. And I figured out that, hey, I can just use my wireless headphones. It won't sound as good. And I'm still going to have to figure out how to get my microphone to work. But anyways, I want to come out and just say hi to everybody. First off, hello. I hope you had a good week. And yeah, I want to do a quick review of the Eagles and then look at the Packers. So Eagles game, I think we can just real keep it keep it short you know because we all saw what happened uh it was very much a defensive game it was an ugly game but a win's a win and you know what it's two and oh is two and oh and the niners right now two wins zero losses and both of the wins were back-to-back on-the-road games. So, don't know if you know this, but last time that we went 2-0 on the road to start the season, we went to the Super Bowl. That was just two years ago. So, that's a good thing. You know, 2-0 is a good thing. And I know that Twitter, there's a whole bunch of people overreacting to stuff. And, you know, I'm not really one for hot takes and overreactions and that. Hey, 2-0 is 2-0. And hopefully after Sunday, we'll be 3-0 and we can keep that ball rolling. So, yeah, just overall reviewing the game. Uh, like I mentioned, overall, not pretty. It was a tough physical game. Our defense played some really good defense. Uh, D'Amico Ryans came up in the clutch, having some really good adjustments, trusting his guys, sending the blitzes when he needed to. And we had a couple key drives that won the game. That's really what it came down to. The defense had some really good stops. So we had a fourth and goal stop. Um, We had a couple other really good ones. Jimmy. Jimmy was really, really bad. Just the first, like, one and a half quarters. I would say the first 20 minutes of this game, he was was horrible. Um, And... I don't think it's entirely his fault because the Eagles defensive line is really good and they were stuffing pretty much every run. We were averaging, I think only like three yards a run. And that was counting a big, like 20 yarder from Jamichael Hasty. We were not getting anything going on the run game. And when Jimmy was called up to make throws, he was not good for the first like 20 minutes a game eventually he settled in a little bit got a little bit better but he was just he was so bad the first 20 minutes of this game he needs to be better uh i will say that he got better later throughout the game when there was about five minutes left defense we make that really good fourth and goal stop stopping the eagles at like the three or five yard line or something 
And then Jimmy comes in and with about five minutes left in the first half, executes a 93-yard touchdown drive. And again, Jimmy, he wasn't all that good, but he was efficient when it mattered. He showed guts. He showed off his mobility a little bit. There was a few scrambles for a first down. He had four quarterback sneaks. He went four for four. Uh, I think with the team, he's actually 11 of 11. So Jimmy G is apparently really good at QB sneaks. And the inside runs just weren't working. So the Eagles defense, again, their defensive line for the Eagles is very good. They did end up losing Brandon Graham about halfway through the second quarter, which was a bigger hit for them. And uh, I think he's done for the season, so that's unfortunate for him. But the inside runs were not working. So Shanahan made an adjustment, and he started using tosses. So instead of actually handing off the ball, he would Jimmy would, you know, toss the ball, and the running back would try and hit like that C-gap uh, between typically on the outside of the tackle. Not necessarily a wide toss, but a toss where he's trying to hit like that C-gap. So, yeah, overall, you know, we ended up also doing a lot of screen passes. Um, the screen passes, again, not pretty, and they didn't get a whole lot, but we weren't able to get anything going downfield. So it was, and again, their defensive line was playing really good. So, hey, we'll do a toss play and we'll throw some screens, and that's how we're going to try and rack up our yardage. Jimmy's depth of target, I think, was like three yards. So, not all that great, but he did what he had to do, and we came out with a W. A couple other performances that just kind of stood out. Elijah Mitchell, he was solid. Uh, not spectacular. I feel like Elijah Mitchell is a very much like a straight line runner, and he doesn't have the best vision. So when it comes to like changing direction and like weaving through guys, that's not really what he's good at. And I think that it showed in this game where he would run really hard, but he would also run into the back of his guys. It's kind of like in Madden, you just hit the turbo button and kind of go straight. Uh, whereas he doesn't really have a whole lot of change of direction, like weaving through and evading guys. He just full speed hits a gap and whatever's in front of him, he's going to run into it as hard as he can. He also ended up hurting his shoulder late on in the game. He ended up coming back in to finish out the game, uh, but he did have a shoulder injury. They said it's worse than a stinger. We'll get to the injuries later, but he is doubtful to play on Sunday. Uh, Diamador Lenore was great. Uh, he gave up, I think, one big pass. There was the one to Quez Watkins, which he got beat off the line, stumbled a little bit, and Quez Watkins is really fast. Ended up getting like a 91-yard reception on that, like a catch and run. Tart came over, flew in at like 21.5 miles an hour, and uh, chased Watkins down. And then Diamador helped finish up the tackle. And then that was when they ended up making that fourth down goal line stop. So, But other than that, I think Demo only gave up like two or three catches for like 10, 20 yards or something. Demo's just been playing really 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 well i i continue to be impressed with how well he's playing especially again considering that we got him in the 
fifth round. Like, talk about a steal. You get what looks like a quality starting corner. It looks like we have a quality starting corner that we snagged in the fifth round. So I'm excited to keep watching Demo because he's been great. Josh Norman started opposite of him. He did have two pass interference calls. I didn't have a chance to look really closely at them. I've heard that they were kind of nitpicky a little bit by the judges. In general, Josh Norman is a very physical, handsy kind of corner, and he knows he doesn't have that deep speed, especially at 33 years old, to keep up with those guys. But outside of his two pass interferences, he played really well and didn't really give up anything. Our corners did it, didn't give up basically, they didn't give up anything in the pass game. I think that Jalen Hurts ended up having like 170 or 190 pass yards, something like that. But 90 of it came on the one pass to Quez Watkins. So if you take away Quez Watkins' 90-yard catch and run, he basically only had 100 passing yards. So our corners were really good. And not just that, but not just the corners, but Tart and Ward were also incredible. I love the fact that Jimmy Ward is versatile enough that he can play deep free safety in the middle. He can come down and man up on a wide receiver. And they had him doing anything and everything, and he's just playing at such a high level right now. It's awesome. Same thing with Tart. He's playing at really high level. I hope that they can stay healthy because if we have two safeties that are playing at an elite level, which they are, and then you add on just two solid outside corners, whether that's Demo and Mosley, Demo and Norman, Norman and Mosley. If we just have two solid outside corners, two really good safeties, our defensive line, Fred Warner in the middle, this defense is going to be very good. And when you think about how well our defense has played through two games, we give up 11 points to the Eagles. 11. 11. If you are only allowing 11 points, you're going to beat a lot of teams in the NFL. Versus the Lions, I know we gave up those 16 points late in the game, but remember, going into the fourth quarter, the Lions only had 14 or 17 points before we had the injury, the weird onside kick, and the fumble. So, not counting the really weird final couple minutes of the Lions game, our defense is only giving up like 11 to 17 points a game. And I know it was against the Eagles and the Lions, but still, any time that you can keep a team under 20 points in the NFL, that's a great thing. So our defense has been playing awesome. It was really just a battle of the trenches. Uh, I think I mentioned pregame that they had a really good offensive line and a really good defensive line. We have a really good offensive line. We have a really good defensive line. And it was that. It was two really, two really good units, you know, trench wars on both sides of the ball. And it was a close game. And it just came down to, again, a couple drives. Uh, we did have a little bit of luck with some penalties and some fumbles. There were some ugly things. Uh, Jamichael Hasty, he ended up having a fumble. He got uh, his ankle hurt on the play. 
and there was a penalty, so he ended up not fumbling the ball. He had to go on IR because he has an ankle sprain, I believe. Uh, same thing with Trey Sermon. Trey Sermon ended up coming in because he was the third running back, and Mitchell hurt his shoulder, and Hasty hurt his ankle, so Sermon comes in, and Sermon ended up having a very impressive run, followed by a very, very bad hit and a very bad fumble for his first and only uh, play of the game. And that play was, it was brutal to watch. I'm so glad that he seems to be okay because he showed exactly what we wanted to see, just finding the gap, seeing the lane, hitting the hole, bursting through there, running. He doesn't have top-end speed. He only runs like a mid 4.5, near 4.6, but his short area burst is elite and he has such good vision and balance. I think he's going to be pretty good but he ended up taking a hit directly to the helmet and then another hit directly to the helmet midair and fumbled the ball and then fell really badly on his neck it looked really bad but he has cleared concussion protocol and he practiced in full i believe yesterday so he's all good to go i have a feeling trey sermon's probably going to be our lead back this game some other things that happened, uh, the kick returns weren't all that great. And what else did I, I mean, Bosa was awesome. Bosa had two sacks. He's got three on the year. So Bosa's been feasting. He looks like he's getting his legs back on him and he's getting back in the groove. Kinlaw, Kinlaw was back. And he is such a difference maker in terms of stuffing the runs up the middle. Kinlaw is, I know he's not the best pass rusher, but as a run stopper, run stopping defensive tackle, you want him on, you know, at the one technique, you want him at three technique, run stopping defensive tackle, Kinlaw is so good. And their, their run game, they were not able to get it going. Pretty much all their running was from the quarterback. And I would say that was probably the biggest issue that I kept seeing up, seeing come up in the game that was annoying the heck out of me. I remember hearing before we played the game that scouting report that Jalen Hurts liked to run out to his right. And unfortunately, our defensive ends kept giving up contain on that side. A lot of the times it was D Ford. And he just he kept giving up contain, so Hertz got a lot of rush yards. I think Hertz had like 80 rushing yards. So the majority of their rushing yards was Jalen Hertz running for 80 yards. I think he had a 35 or 40 yard run there in the fourth quarter at the end of the game. So a whole bunch of it was there. Uh, but we were just giving up contain, and it was it was directly on the side that we knew he liked to scramble to. So uh, that was the one adjustment that I didn't see from D'Amico Ryan's in-game was figuring out some way to contain him. But again, I mean, the fact that we only gave up 11 points, I, I can't really complain too much since we only gave up 11 points. Uh, a couple wide receiver drops, and Jimmy, again, was just really not good. So I really hope that Jimmy plays better this next game because Jimmy was he was pretty good week one versus the Lions. He was he was on time. He was in rhythm and he was hitting guys like just 
boom, boom, boom on like those 15, 20, 25 yard in cuts and just on the money in rhythm. This game, not at all. I think that he ended up having a nearly a 70% completion percentage, but it was pretty much all screen passes. I think he only had one big throw, which I will say the one throw that he had to Debo that went for like 40 yards was freaking awesome. Uh, ironically, Debo actually lined up in the wrong space. He lined up in the wrong side. Trent Sherfield had to adjust his route. And then Jimmy threaded the needle and fired a dart in between two defenders as they were closing, hit Debo in between two guys, and then Debo took off for like 40 yards. So that was the one throw that Jimmy had that it was like, hmm, that was a nice throw. Outside of that, Jimmy was not all that good. So Jimmy's going to have to step it up. Um, but yeah, overall, not pretty tough, physical, hard game. But the defense came up clutch. We had a couple really good drives when it matters. And again, 2-0 is 2-0. We are undefeated. We are one of seven teams that's undefeated. Undefeated back-to-back -back road games. And now we've got the Packers coming to town. So, yeah, overall, just, uh, it was, it was a bit of a nail biter and it was close. It was a low scoring game, but it always feels good to get that W. <laughs> All right. So let's talk about some of the things that have been happening. Uh, we ended up having a bunch of weird roster stuff happen. Um, so Jamichael Hasty, like I mentioned, he ended up hurting his ankle. I believe it's a high ankle sprain. He is on IR. Um, so he's out. Elijah Mitchell, he hurt his shoulder. Shanahan said it's worse than a stinger. And he is, he did practice and he's currently counted as doubtful, but he might still play. Trey Sermon had the, what looked like really bad hit to the helmet and the fumble but he has since cleared concussion protocol and he seems to be hundred percent good to go. We also signed running back Jackass Patrick, formerly of the XFL Tampa Bay Vipers off of the Bengals practice squad. I don't think we're going to see a whole lot of him this week. I thought it was an interesting signing because he's not the traditional Shanahan back. He is like six foot three, 230 pounds. So he is a big, powerful downhill runner. He's not super fast. I think he ran in the low four sixes, like a four, six, eight, uh, coming out of college a year or two ago, but he's on the team. I kind of, when I want what little I watched of him and I just watched a couple highlights, he almost looked like a really big Jeff Wilson jr. Um, just a big, power back you hand him the ball off and just a downhill you know hit that like a gap that b gap and just try and truck a guy he's not super fast he's not going to run around a guy but he would just come downhill and it you know six three 230 pounds he would just come downhill and just run over guys so i don't expect to really see him but it is an interesting signing i believe we also elevated carry on johnson uh, so former Lions second round pick, I believe, carry on Johnson. We signed him to the practice squad, and I believe that we're elevating him for the game. 
We also signed Chris Thompson, former football team, formerly known as the Redskins. Uh, Chris Thompson, a kind of a third down back receiving back. And I, if I remember correctly, Shanahan was with the team when they drafted him, but he only was there for like a year with Shanahan. But we ended up signing him to the practice squad as well. So it's kind of crazy. We thought that the running back room was going to be something where we had a whole lot of depth and everything would be all good. And go figure now we're on like running back four <laughs> in week three. So crazy stuff. But either way, it uh, it is what it is. And we're going to figure out a way to generate the run game. If I was to guess, I would guess that Trey Sermon. So it, it all depends on Mitchell. And I think that Mitchell is going to be a game time decision. We probably won't find out whether or not Mitchell is playing until like an hour before the game, a half hour before the game is when they'll probably make that final announcement. Uh, but if if Mitchell's going to play, he'll he'll be the, the 1A, 1B with Trey Sermon. If Mitchell's not going to play, I think what we'll see is primarily Trey Sermon, a little bit of carry on Johnson, and maybe some Trenton Cannon, who we ended up signing also off of the Ravens practice squad a week ago <laughs> off of waivers. Uh, probably a little bit of Trenton Cannon thrown in there as well, since he's kind of a speed guy. He's a 4-4 flat guy, and he plays a lot of special teams. And he was actually the kick returner on a, a few of the kicks. I believe all the kicks. So, yeah, crazy stuff with the run game. Um, yeah, those are the main injuries. Other than that, I can't really think of any other uh, serious injuries that happened. Uh, somehow we came out fairly healthy, minus every single one of the running backs getting beat up a little bit. Go figure. We just, we just running backs, we just grind through them, you know, just throw them in the meat grinder and, you throw running backs in the meat grinder and then Shanahan, the meat grinder of Shanahan pops out four and a half to five yards of carry. <laughs> so just, we're going to keep sacrificing running backs to the run game and they'll keep producing and, you know, in Shanahan we trust, I guess. <laughs> but uh, yeah, let's talk about this Packers game. So Packers are coming to town and it's an interesting matchup because there's a couple places where the Packers are really, really, really good. But I think overall we match up with them really well and we have the advantage. And historically you can see that over the last couple of years, it's hard to count last year because pretty much every single person was either hurt or out with COVID or starting wide receiver last year uh, was Richie James and River Craycraft. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's hard to count last year's game. But if you look at the NFC Conference, the NFC Championship game, and then the game that we played previous to them in 2019, that looks a lot more like this matchup. And we dominated the Packers in both of those games. And both of these teams are very similar to that 2019 season. So I think that's going to be a lot more versus what we saw last year. So if you took if you look at the the trenches, so our offensive line is really good. Trent Williams, best left tackle in the NFL. Mike McGlinchey looks better in the past game this year. He looks solid and he's a really good run blocker. 
Alex Mack has been really good at center. And that cohesion of those three guys, plus Lakin Tomlinson at left guard, our, our offensive line has been a top five unit. So here's something crazy. Our offensive line, I think the statistic, has only allowed seven pressures all season and zero sacks. Zero. Zero sacks this season so far through two games. That's incredible. Now what makes that really fun is the Packers, so their best pass rusher, he's not it. Zedarius Smith is out. I believe he's on IR or the pup or whatever, but he's not going to be playing. So they have Kenny Clark at defensive tackle, pretty good. And then they've got the uh, Rashawn Gary, who he's been, in my opinion, a little bit underwhelming, considering that they took him as a first-round pick. But the Packers, on the other hand, the Packers' defensive line has zero sacks this season. Zero. Nick Bosa has three. The Packers have zero. So the Packers have zero sacks on their defensive line, and our offensive line has allowed zero sacks. I think we have a pretty significant advantage as far as that matchup. Um, when you look at wide receivers and corners, so this is where it gets a little tricky because they do have Yair Alexander, and he is top three corner in the NFL. He's incredible. Uh, him matching up with Debo, is going to be an interesting matchup. Or, I don't know if they're planning on moving him around a little bit, but Yair Alexander, he is one of the top three, one of the best corners in the NFL. So, really, really good. That's going to be difficult. We're going to have to work around him. Now, their other corners, though, not all that great. So, they've got Kevin King, and he's been there for a couple of years. He's a tall, lanky guy, but he hasn't really played all that well. He's not a good corner. And they also drafted, uh, I think it was Eric Stokes out of Georgia this past year. So they've got basically a top three corner, a bottom 10 corner, and then a rookie. And that's the, their, their three corners. Their linebackers, they're not all that great. So I, I think we do have an advantage pretty much overall. Uh, they do have Adrian Amos at safety. He's pretty good. Uh, they do have, um, uh, who's the guy? I forget what his name is. Uh, the other safety. Um, so they have, again, really, really, really good corner. Good safety. Uh, but overall, I, I think that we have a significant advantage over them in terms of our offense versus their defense. And again, historically, you look at when we played them the last couple times, when we've been healthy, we have run the ball through their faces and they have not been able to do a single thing about it. And I know Ayuk has kind of been in the quote-unquote doghouse. Um, I don't know how much of it's in the doghouse versus him just not having as much chemistry with Jimmy and also just that the routes that he runs are not the type of routes that Jimmy likes to throw to. If Ayuk is doing, like, outs, Jimmy doesn't like to throw out routes. He actually tried to throw two out routes to Ayuk in the Eagles game. Uh, one of them was a quick out. It was like a five-yard out, and Jimmy was way off target, and Ayuk had to make, like, a crazy circus catch and, like, reach his 
freakishly long arms out and he was barely able to catch it and he got a first down. And then he also ran like a 10 or 20 yard out and Jimmy just missed him entirely. So Ayuk's been playing. I think the here's my conspiracy theory with Ayuk. And I was just talking with Chapman, uh, John Chapman, and a couple other people on um, the Zoom meeting that he does for his 49ers Rush podcast thing. And I think that what's happening with Ayuk, I'm not really one for conspiracy theories, but if I was to guess the reason why Ayuk has not been a key focal point and hasn't been as good, I think what it is is it's his attitude combined with the type of wide receiver that he is. And what I mean by that is if you remember watching the games when Ayuk was playing last year, he was really, really, really good. But whenever he was not getting the ball thrown to him, there were times where he was wide open. He was creating huge amounts of separation, but nobody was throwing him the ball. And he looked visibly frustrated and he was throwing his arms up and it almost looked like he was pouting or just frustrated on the field that he wasn't getting an opportunity and that was his rookie season so you think about just that there was the one report uh pre-draft that came out that it was like the only negative thing that we heard was that once at his junior college he got pissed off and got into a huge uh maybe not a huge thing but he was really pissed off that the coach took him off of uh, being a punt returner and he was like no I want to be in there and just like freaked out on the coach for taking him off the punt return team and the coach is like well you're the number one receiver and he's like no I need to be out there because I can help this team win and I think that's the attitude that Ayuk has that Shanahan has an issue with is that Ayuk is extremely talented and he gets frustrated and it's a little bit of an immaturity thing where, dang it, why am I not getting the ball? I'm so damn good. I'm wide open. Why am I not getting the opportunity to help the team? And that might not necessarily be his job. You know, if he's running a clear out route or if he's just running a route where he is the second or third read on that play, he just might not be the target. And I think that that attitude is what Shanahan is trying to address. And also, when you combine that with, he seems to have good chemistry with Trey because Trey and him were working out a lot in the preseason. Uh, you know, they went to that same thing. They were thrown together. They seem to have a pretty good chemistry. And also, Ayuk is a outside wide receiver. Jimmy likes to throw over the middle. Ayuk is typically on the outside. So if Ayuk is on the outside and he's running out routes and deep posts and deep comebacks and things like that, where he's not going over the middle, he's not going to get targeted by Jimmy because Jimmy can't, doesn't, and often can't throw those out routes. Jimmy tried to throw two out routes to Ayuk at the Eagles, both wildly inaccurate, and he was barely able to come down with one of them. So my conspiracy theory is it's an attitude thing. Shanahan's trying to teach him a lesson about that. 
And he doesn't have as good a chemistry with Jimmy because Jimmy doesn't feed him with as many opportunities. And Jimmy doesn't typically throw to the routes that Ayuk is running. Um, I do wonder, though, when Ayuk does get whatever it is that's going on worked out, if Shanahan is going to give him more opportunities by putting him on those routes that go over the middle. Because we know that's where Jimmy likes to throw, is over the middle. But anyways, that's that's my conspiracy theory about Ayuk, is that Ayuk is like, I want to help the team, I need to help the team, and Shanahan is like, do your fucking job and like be mature about it. Um, anyways, sorry, a little bit of a tangent there. <laughs> um, so what I was saying, though, our offense versus their defense, we should be able to just run the ball down their face. I expect a good game from Kittle. Debo is leading the NFL in receiving yards right now. So Debo has been playing incredible. And I, I expect to see a really good game offensively. And I do think that Shanahan is going to have probably a couple really fun trick plays in there. So definitely think that our offense is going to be able to out-physical their defense. And I don't really see a matchup where they have a significant advantage except for Yair Alexander versus whatever wide receiver he's lined up on. That's that's the one place where I would say they have the advantage is Yair Alexander on one of our wide receivers. Uh, other than that, I think we win the matchups pretty much across the board. And we have. So, next thing is what we can expect as far as their offense versus our defense. The, there's a couple of things that, again, I think that matchup-wise, we should be able to dominate this, but here's the issue. They have Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams and Aaron Jones. Aaron Rodgers is ridiculously talented, and if you're not careful, he can, before you know it, just all of a sudden throw a 60-yard touchdown pass with the flick of a wrist. Devontae Adams is one of the best, if not the best, wide receiver in the NFL. Um, I mean, I don't know who you would really put above Devontae Adams. Maybe you could say Michael Thomas a year or two ago. Maybe you could say DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, it's He's so good. He's so good. So they've got a top three quarterback, a top three wide receiver, and Aaron Jones is a really good running back. Now, the question is, is will we be able to hit and beat up Aaron Rodgers enough to prevent that from happening? Because Devontae Adams, he's so good. Uh, he's probably going to have a 100-yard game. And I don't know what we can do to stop him. Uh, he scares me. And Aaron Rodgers, when he's feeling himself, he's in the zone. He's out there laughing and having fun and throwing it and slinging the rock down the field. They can put up points. Their first game was terrible. They only put up three points. And then against the Lions, the second half, Aaron Rodgers was like, I'm going to try. And then they put up 30. So Aaron Rodgers... Their offense is one of those offenses where we 
we need to stay on them for all four quarters, all 60 minutes, because if we don't, they can put up 14 points in a couple minutes real fast, especially if we're not careful. The good news is that Emmanuel Mosley, he is questionable. Uh, he did practice all week. So we likely will be getting Mosley back. That's good. Josh Norman, again, played pretty well. He does provide that veteran presence on the outside. So, again, he's definitely not as physically gifted as Devontae Adams, but I'm sure that he's seen enough in his NFL career that I don't think he's getting beat too badly by him. And Diamador Lenore has played really, really well. So that's that's very good news, is that it seems like we should have three corners as options on the outside. Um, safeties. So let's see here. Now, the, the big thing that I'm thinking is, and I haven't mentioned it yet, but this is a huge deal. The Packers' offensive line has been destroyed through injuries and free agency. So in free agency, they lost... I forget what his name was, but their center, really, really, really good center. Like Again, one of the top five centers in the NFL. They ended up losing him in free agency, and I believe now he got signed by the Chargers. Their left tackle, David Bakhtiari, he's out with an injury. The guy who they were playing at left tackle, uh, Elton Jenkins, or whatever his name is, something like that, um, Elton Jenkins, he normally plays left guard. They had him slide out to left tackle, but now he's injured and he's out. So they are now playing their third string left tackle and a backup right tackle. And both of the tackles that are going to be playing on the offensive line for Green Bay are basically career backups. So swing tackles. In other words, Bosa is about to go off. And I think that Aaron Rodgers is not going to have very much time. I have a feeling that they're probably going to be doing, they're probably going to try and mix it up with a whole bunch of passes to Aaron Jones, which means Fred Warner is going to have to be really on his cues watching Aaron Jones. It also means Aziz Alshair needs to, Whoever is watching Aaron Jones, I need to keep an eye on him because I do expect us to get, uh, I do expect them to throw some screen passes to Aaron Jones and also their tight end, Robert Tanyan, who's a good pass catcher, because we're just going to be destroying their offensive line. And the best way that you can slow down a pass rush is through screen passes, things like that, quick passing game, screens. So I do expect them to mix some of that up because their offensive line is so depleted. They're basically missing three of their best offensive linemen from last year. And that's great news for us. I expect our defensive line to feast. And it sounds like Bose is still super good to go. Armstead had like an hip adductor or something injury, and he's quote unquote questionable, but he'll play. Uh, Kinlaw, he should be good to go. He was, I think, also listed as questionable. He's limited. They're just kind of 
they're nursing his knee. It sounds like Kinlaw's knee thing might be here for the season, and he just isn't going to be able to practice fully every week. But if they're if they're careful with it, they'll keep the swelling down, and hopefully he'll be able to can to play the majority of the games this season and the majority of snaps. D Ford's still healthy. Ebu Cam's healthy. Um, our our defensive line should demolish the offensive line, and we are going to be swarming Aaron Rodgers. And if we can do that, Aaron Rodgers is the kind of guy that if he's getting beat up and they're down, he kind of just throws in the towel. And we've seen this before. Aaron Rodgers is not good when he is playing from behind and he is just constantly getting hit. When he's doing his best is when they're in tempo, they're up tempo, they're in their rhythm, in the groove. He's having fun. He's, you know, back there. He's slinging it. He's having a good time and he's feeling himself. If we can just crush him and, you know, have like 10, 15 quarterback hits, I think that Aaron Rodgers eventually kind of throws in the towel by the third quarter of this game. So that's what I'm really hoping happens because. We're not going to be – I don't think we're going to be able to contain Devontae Adams. He's that good. He'll probably put up 100 yards and, you know, just it's a given. And Aaron Jones is a really good running back. But their offensive line has been so bad, and their offense has been so bad. Um, I think, if I remember correctly, I remember hearing some stats earlier today. Their offense is basically ranked – bottom five in everything uh yeah everything so it's terrible (laughs) so again if our defensive line can crush it and our safeties you know there we'll probably have more two high and four high safety looks so like cover two cover four shells we'll probably mix in a few key blitzes here and there but I think that's going to be the key is just keep everything in front of us, tackle well, and just destroy their offensive line and hit Aaron Rodgers again and again and again and again. So, yeah, that's that's kind of what I expect. Um, we should win this game. I actually feel more confident about this game than I did about the Eagles game just because the Eagles, there were so many matchups where it felt like it was – kind of a draw almost like offensive the trench battle versus the eagles it was like hmm, really good offensive line versus really good defensive line really good defensive line versus really good offensive line mediocre quarterback play mediocre quarterback play you know like it's it's not like that with this game this game it's we dominate them on every single level except for they have a really good quarterback they have the best they have one corner who is elite and they have a wide receiver who is elite and a quarterback who's elite outside of those three players i think we beat them across the board Uh, i'm expecting something in the neighborhood of us scoring high 20s and them scoring low 20s like a 28 24 if i was to just throw out a prediction but we should come out with a win the other cool thing about this game Obviously, it's the home opener, and we're going to see those beautiful 94 throwback reds. So it's going to be beautiful watching some Sunday night football and 
they're going to have those 94 reds. It's going to be a good time. I'm excited. So I'm going to get out of here again. Forgive the sound quality. I'm going to try and figure out what the heck is up with the computer. Uh, enjoy the game. I hope you have a chance to listen to this before that. And uh, I will catch up with you soon after. I'm trying to figure out what makes more sense schedule wise in regards to putting out a podcast, reviewing the game. I think I'm going to start doing an immediate reaction just so that that way I don't put it off because so often, you know, this isn't a, this isn't a full-time job. So <laughs> I've got my full-time job and then I want to watch the Monday night game and then I got to try and get to the gym and then I got to spend time with my girl. So it's hard for me sometimes to squeeze in a podcast right away when it makes sense. And next thing I know, I procrastinate a couple days and then when I try and do it, the computer's broken. So I probably should have put this out on Tuesday or Wednesday, but go figure I'm putting it out Saturday night. So I'll try and come out with a review podcast uh, Monday or Tuesday. Actually, no, I'm going to commit to Tuesday because Sunday night, the game will be over. It'll be like nine o'clock or something when the game is over. I'm going to watch the Monday game. So I will put, I will do this on Tuesday. We'll have a, we'll have a reaction and review video podcast. So. Anyways, I appreciate you listening. Like, subscribe, comment, share with your friends, share with people you don't like. Uh, send it to a Cowboys fan and laugh at them because we're undefeated and they're not. And uh, send it to the Packers fans and all that good stuff. But anyways, I appreciate all 15 of you who listen. I think that's how many people listened to the last episode. I'll catch you next time. Peace out.